Welcome to What Now? I'm Michelle Reeves, your host of this weekly podcast that connects you to the world's most innovative brands, CEOs, and founders. Look, I've spent the past 20 years working with global brands in sports, fashion, entertainment, and tech. From the intense energy of the field at Super Bowl to the glamour and chaos backstage at New York Fashion Week, I'm the person who wants to see what really happens inside our favorite brands and businesses. I want to know how things are made and find out if there's a better way to make them. Today, I'm talking to someone who sits at the center of one of the world's largest industries. And her role is to support many of the world's most iconic consumer brands within beauty. I'm joined by Shana Weinblatt, Vice President of Innovation, Beauty Tech and Metaverse at Coty. Welcome to the show, Shana. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted and thrilled to be here as well. Well, look, I know that you are taking on a very important role. You oversee and support a number of brands. So thank you for making the time to be here. Uh, for those who don't know, Cody is an American-French multinational beauty company. It's about 120 years old, and they are responsible for pretty much all of our favorite beauty and fragrance brands. We're talking about cult favorites like Kylie Cosmetics, CoverGirl, Max Factor, OPI, Wella, Clairol, and let's not forget the luxury brands like Gucci, Alexander McQueen, Marc Jacobs, Burberry, Tiffany & Co, dozens more. You are at the epicenter of everyone's homes, it seems. It's, it's, it's extraordinary. And I'm so looking forward to this conversation. You and I have met at a couple of events before. We've been meeting about what's happening in Web3, particularly in beauty. Um, and I'm really excited. You know, you're at the forefront of this. Your mission is to identify and roll out those initiatives for a digital first solution, you know, enhancing those consumer experiences. We've talked a lot about what you're exploring when it comes to AR, AI, VR, uh, machine learning, all kinds of Web3 experiences. Can you tell us a little about how you got into this? Because before Cody, you were creating award-winning digital programming for Calvin Klein, Marc Jacobs. You're really an industry veteran within beauty from the Estee Lauder companies, Trish McAvoy. How did you get from there to where you are today? Sure. So it was kind of a happy accident. Um, not going to age myself too much, but when I first started in the industry, digital and social were just starting to kind of get their footing with brands and really understanding how e-com played a part in that and how to monetize that for each of the brands. And what I realized was there was definitely a need for brands to understand these communities that were being built on social media. Obviously, e-commerce was something that was driving a huge force behind this, but kind of bridging the gap between, you know, we already had a really strong physical engagement and worlds happening, how do we then bring that online and make that native to consumers and then, you know, to feel comfortable in that space. And so my first job at Trish McAvoy was kind of my, my first pass at understanding social and e-commerce and bridging that omni-channel gap. And from there, going to Estee Lauder and Cody, bringing that, that digital professionalism and understanding of the way consumers were shifting to then leading some really amazing projects for brands such as Michael Kors, Tori Birch, Tommy Hilfiger, Lab Series was one that I worked on. And then at Cody overseeing Calvin Klein and Marc Jacobs, their digital initiatives as well. And what I also realized was that there was a huge need for people to push innovation. 
and understanding what does digital innovation mean and where are the white spaces that we can really tap into to push it even further and understand how consumers were changing their the way that they were shopping for brands and the, way, the ways that they were discovering brands and bringing some fun to that as well, right? So really energizing consumers around these new digital spaces and understanding what can we do from an innovation perspective in this world. And so that led me to my next role at Cody of understanding and, and leading projects within not just our typical e-commerce social media, which was, you know, has, has now really come to fruition, but also, like you said, augmented reality, artificial intelligence, virtual reality, now Web3, the metaverse is such a huge opportunity too. So just taking my passion and learning from my past roles, bringing that into my new one and taking it that one step further. So the way I imagine it, you've got all these brands who are really focused in their day-to-day roles to refine product. You know, they're designing, creating everything from, you know, product, packaging, merchandising, their consumer marketing messages. Like they're really hyper aware and hyper obsessed on the core of what they are delivering to the consumer. So in my mind, I'm thinking this is a role that you are providing immense support, but also uncharted territory in your education to bring to them new ideas, new learnings. You know, you're, I feel like you're kind of the MacGyver of the space trying to figure <laughs> out like, what is this connection point? I've got, you know, this insight here and this insight here. What does it mean when I put them together? Will it be explosive or will it be, you know, implosive? What's the most important thing that you do in this role to support those brands in that way? Yeah, so a lot of it is support. My job is really a supporting role. So identifying, again, those white space opportunities or just new innovation opportunities with our current partners that we can bring to the brands that they can activate. What I would say is it's a lot of internal selling. Because at the end of the day, although we, Michelle, you and I feel, you know, digital and, and being at the forefront of that is so important a lot of the brands that are within Cody, you know, are very traditional in nature and not so much the Kylie's of the world, but, you know, there are brands that have started from a very long time ago who have done this all very, very well. And now that there's these new components coming in, it is uncharted territory and it is a little scary, right? And intimidating. So what I do and what I'm trying to do every day is to educate, to inspire, to, you know, bring an understanding of how important this part of Um, the world is within digital and having them to start think about how do I not create these plans and then go figure out how does this work in digital, but bring digital and innovation in from the beginning. So that way it is more of a center focus because what we're finding is you can't create something and then try to force fit it into these digital environments. It has to be all one and the same. So really trying to to push that that understanding upfront from the very beginning. It feels like Cody is this big family Thanksgiving dinner table and all the brands have flown in. They, they come with their own corporate culture, brand culture, family values, if you will. And they're sitting at this table, you're sharing a meal and you're the one cousin who's come in from the big city who's like, hey guys, let's talk about NFTs. And yeah. And they're like, whoa, why is crazy cousin Shana here? But what have been some of the the breakthroughs over the past year or two where you've brought this to the table? You've had brands who, you know, are unaware, a little resistant maybe, and cautious, uh, or maybe even just curiously optimistic, but 
hesitant to do anything. What have been some of the big breakthroughs you've had in talking to them? Yeah, I mean, we because we so we have 40 brands underneath our portfolio, which is immense. And I am constantly shifting hats every other every single day between all the different brands and what their needs are. And that's challenging in and of itself, you know, changing that mindset. What's amazing is that we do have some very advanced brands in this space already. So you think of Gucci and Burberry and Hugo Boss, who have really already established their voice in the space. So we've honed in on that for sure and have partnered very, very closely with not just the beauty part of this, but also the fashion side as well, because these are licensed brands. So the fashion houses are very, very advanced when it comes to these types of initiatives. So really working hand in hand together to test and learn, to optimize, and to understand how do we fit into their larger roadmap. For some of our other brands that you know, this is a newer space, again, really educating them on why this is important. What can we do to test and learn? And we've had some really cool initiatives along the way. We're right now very much focused in the gaming space because we feel that this is a nice foray into Web3 and a nice way for us to test and learn. I would say the biggest initiative, though, that we've we've done across all of our brands, and this was kind of our first pass into really pushing into the ARAI space is with virtual try-on, skin diagnostic tools, foundation shade finders. So this was kind of our first initial project of, guys, we've got to be there and we've got to come out strong. And over the course of, I want to say a year and a half, we rolled out across 12 brands, 28 tools and 16 markets. And that was, again, a lot of internal selling because a lot of the brands were like, we don't have time for this. You know, we, we can't do all of this work. And it's a lot, you know, bandwidth and and pushing, but we just kept coming and saying, this is a need, it's a must. And consumers are not only looking for this, but it's actually table stakes. It's necessary. They they expect it at this point. So that was our big, big pass into getting them to understand that these tools do work and that consumers want them. So that was amazing. And the results so far have been across the board fantastic. So we're we're continuing those conversations of, hey, you guys did it. You took your first step. Now what? Perfect segue to my next question was going to be, as a, as a general industry, why when we see fashion jumping in on this, you know, as you mentioned, you know, Gucci, Burberry, they've rolled out all kinds of wearables, collectibles as NFTs or with games like Roblox. Why has beauty taken a little longer to to step into this? Um, as a general industry, why would you say that is? I think the the beauty consumer is so vastly different than the fashion consumer because it's so diversified. And depending on the brand, it can change of the type of consumer. For example, you know, a consumer that might not be so advanced in the digital space, but really loves the brands, you know, that they're using on the on the daily basis, you know, this part of the industry can be very intimidating. And I feel that for beauty, we have to really tap into who is already in the space or who is comfortable in this space and not alienating the people that might not be so comfortable yet. And when you think about how large of an audience these beauty brands have, we have to be very specific on what we're doing and making sure that where we are, we're speaking to the consumer's that want to hear from us. So I think for beauty, you know, there hasn't really been so much that like one-to-one correlation between 
the consumer and and Web3 so far. But I think given that these virtual try-on tools and the gaming spaces have become so big, that that has helped to kind of push a little bit further into having consumers feel more comfortable. I also feel, unfortunately, and Michelle, we talk about this a lot, it is very much a male-dominated world within Web3 specifically. And, you know, capturing that female audience, which you are doing an amazing job of getting more women to feel empowered and onboarding them into the space, we're still not quite there yet. And so I think once we get more women to be interested in this, we can then really tap into who are they, where are they, and what can we serve to them that's valuable. That's a really good point. Um, I remember a few years ago, I was at Techstars who were talking about what does the space look like in gaming for collectibles, wearables. And at the time, if it didn't have camo or some kind of weapon attached to it, it just wasn't going to sell. You know, fashion, beauty, they were so far off into the future. We're seeing that come a little closer now, but we're still waiting for that mainstream consumer to, to really arrive. And one of my main thoughts is, does that mainstream consumer really arrive or is it that we figure out how to harness this this technology to provide more solution-based capabilities and what you just mentioned before with you know matching of skin tones there's a problem that you are finding a solution for and that's when i think we we bring women into the fold women typically yeah, don't have yeah. much time you know we we're, we're underpaid and our time is overused as a general yeah. gender rule so are we waiting for this next generation of women to become gamers or is it that we're looking for ways to use the technology to fit into how we live and behave currently yeah i think it's a great point it, at the end of the day it's all about driving value how are we driving value for them on a daily basis and what does that look like and you're right, you know, giving them those those try on tools or the shade finders, that's driving value because it is saving time for them and it's making it easier for them to discover and purchase products online. I think if we can figure out how to drive value through other properties like gaming or anywhere else within the space, I think that that will truly drive more engagement and more adoption over time. But I don't know if any brand yet has really figured out what is that value proposition that we want to push and and how are we making people excited and or making lives easier or gamifying it in a way that you know they they feel like it it talks speaks to them. So I I agree. I think we have to figure that out and we're working on that on the daily, but you know, we definitely are being cautious because we want to make sure, again, that we're not coming out of the gate with something that doesn't mean anything, that it truly has purpose and value, but also long-term strategy. So really being strategic here, you know, making sure we're taking our time and doing it right. One of the big opportunities I see, and I don't have the answer for it, but I see the opportunity in the beauty industry. There's so many brands that are made for direct to retail. They don't have a, an existing direct to consumer relationship. Under your portfolio, I know CoverGirl would be an example of that. I really see blockchain technology offering solutions for those kinds of brands to have a direct relationship with the consumer if they want to. And so I think that there's this new wave of connection, engagement that is still yet to even be understood, let alone executed, for what brands can do to excite the future generations in that way. For sure. And and also, you know, when you think about 
how important now data is. And, and for our brands, you know, data and analytics are at the heart of everything we do. So we really are taking a look to understand our consumer at a very granular level, because, you know, if you can't understand who you're speaking to and what you're serving to them, then it's always going to fall flat. So we are taking that very, very seriously and really understanding through data and what we can capture. And I think, I do think blockchain could be a phenomenal way to, to be able to utilize that data in a smart, tactful way, but definitely, you know, thinking about how are we using that data in an interesting way to, for them to feel like we're speaking to them on a very personalized level. And I think, you know, with beauty, personalization is everything because these consumers, they know that you have this data. So they're expecting for you to speak to them like you are on a one-to-one level. And if you're not, they just, you know, they kind of lose interest over time. So I think, you know, for us to kind of utilize the different properties, but also the different mechanics like blockchain to, to deliver that personalization, that's really where the winning recipe is. It is. And you talk about um, having things speak to people. Uh, an earlier episode, I was speaking with the founder of Art House Augmented Reality, and we were talking about imagine the day when you know your coffee machine comes to life and speaks to you and can realize through AI, saw that you came home late last night, I'll make it you know twice as strong for you this morning. The same could be with beauty, you're getting ready, your lipstick as you scan it with your whatever device is at the time can tell you like, yes, I'm the perfect shade to wear with this outfit or no, 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 put me down, go pick up the bright pink one instead. That's the right lipstick for this outfit. You know, I think about the AI custom content that can really come to life through these products and they become your best friends now. Like I look at that lipstick like, thanks girl, you got my back. All right. Appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, it's no question that AI is the number one topic on everyone's minds right now. I mean, we've seen it exploding over the last couple months. And again, you know, there's so many different directions that brands can take. And it's something that we are obviously exploring. Everyone's exploring it. But, you know, what, what I'm trying to understand is how do we do this smart, right? So not just saying I need to be there first. We want the press moment. Yes, of course, we all want that. But again, you know, thinking about the long-term plan and what can we do, like you said, to really bring in people so that way it's really a true part of their life, right? Our brands want to be not just storytellers, but also, yes, that best friend that you're that's making you feel amazing and beautiful at the end of the day. And AI is pretty amazing of what's coming out, but also we just have to be very careful of how we're using it to make sure that it's being used properly. But it is something Hopefully in the next year, you know, we'll be able to talk about in more depth. I can't give too much detail here today, but it is something that we are definitely focused on. Well, and that's how you build companies that last 120 plus years like Cody. It is having this voracious appetite for what's next, but then paying attention to the KPIs that matter today to actually run a successful business. So with that in mind, what are the KPIs that you care most about that you're looking at and fine tuning, you know, day to day here? Yeah, so it really depends on the project, but typically our biggest KPIs right now are engagement, awareness, time spent on anything that we're creating, and then also the data and analytics. Because, you know, for us, that is the gold that we're hoping to maintain and receive from these different activations that we're doing. So that way, again, bringing it back, we can personalize those experiences even more and also optimize them based off of consumer behavior over time. Obviously, sales is always going to be a number one goal. If I don't say that, I'll be fired. So 
Yes, we're always driving sales. We are. It is something that we're focused on. But for what I'm working on, it's not necessarily the number, number one KPI. At the end of the day, it really is about getting our consumers there, engaging with our brands and building that brand affinity. So that way, when you're choosing between the different products, you're choosing ours. You mentioned sales, because that, that's still important. No matter how innovative you are, without sales, innovation cannot exist. Uh, so yeah. last year, Coty did $5.3 billion US dollars in sales revenue. Um, and it should be noted that that was a 14.5% increase in revenue from the previous year. When we talk about a brand that is not only growing, you are defying the downward macro market condition that's going on right now. So without a doubt, Cody is just a world leader. Is there a common thread that runs through all of the Cody brands in how you approach their business or are they truly operating independently? No, there is definitely a common thread. I mean, our senior leaders, especially Tsunabi, who has totally transformed the way that we are working, the way that we are working together. Um, our mantra, we came out recently with a new purpose, vision, and value that has been extremely impactful for the entire organization. It's really brought our brands together. I've been at Cody for five years in total. I took a break in between, but we were lacking that before. It was every brand was working in silo. And now that we've developed much more of a cohesive unit, it's allowed us to really go out, test and learn, learn from each other. And, you know, build this really great central digital organization that I'm a part of today to provide new services and opportunities to our brands from a global level. And that was not there before. So having this kind of thread throughout of support for e-commerce, for innovation, for CRM, you know, all the different media, all the different kind of levers that need to be pulled are being run by one central team, not run, but supported by one central team has really helped them to grow in this space for sure. So, you know, I think the learning from each other opportunity has been amazing. The other thing I will say about Cody that I have loved since the day I started was that the senior leaders there are truly in the mindset of if you dream it and believe it, go do it. And, you know, don't be afraid kind of a failure. And I think just showing how our brands have grown over the course of, you know, however many years, you can see that that push for innovation, which has always been my drive, right? And, and that support of what I do and allowing me to go out and dream and dream big has really enabled our brands to, to push in different areas and not be afraid, which has been great. I'm wondering then if it was under that umbrella of, you know, go and be the vision, the dream that you see, is that what spurred a recent initiative that you've launched? Can you share more about something that you've been working on with Spatial perhaps? Yes, absolutely. So we recently announced that we have, we're one of the flagship partners of Spatial. Um, they, we've developed what we're calling the Cody Campus. It is a virtual metaverse essentially, but a virtual space. It's kind of like a digital twin for our offices where we're allowing employees to come in with their avatars and explore more about Cody as a whole, our archives, understanding how we came from where we started to where we are today. Also, each of our brands will have their own showroom. So being able to navigate through our brands, understanding more about the brands. We have included gamification where our employees can redeem 
badges. So they, they receive those by collecting tokens on the platform. They can redeem them for physical products. So really bringing our employees into the space as advocates has been my number one goal because yes, our consumers are obviously very important. And to your question earlier, why are we seeing kind of people not fully going into that space? I think it starts with the employees and getting our employees to really advocate for the space and understand the space allows our brands to grow even further and to understand how to speak to consumers on a level that feels, you know, less intimidating and more understandable. So my my main goal and passion right now is to build this Cody campus as large as we can and have our employees come back day after day playing around, having meetings in there. So it is, it's been an amazing ride. We're, we're developing every single day. It's hopefully going to go live to our employees in the fall, but the announcement's out there. So I'm sure some people have seen it probably in Vogue Business and Glossy, but it's super exciting. I think this is brilliant. Since I've met you and we've been in this space together, you've always talked about that methodical approach to be excited, but be purposeful and to do everything with a very specific intention. And there's something that Cody has that so few other companies do, and that is you have this global network of employees. I think there's 10,000 employees. Is that right? 11,000. 11, okay. <laughs> and for you to have the foresight to create this, I think is the ultimate test case and use case for your employees to come, for you to experiment, refine before you roll that out to your consumer, whatever the consumer version of this may be in the future. I think so many brands, the consumer has to be the the test rabbit. And, you know, for better or worse, you know, our time, resources and money are used as a consumer to see if the companies will succeed or fail. You're doing this in real time with your own employees to keep this momentum building to find the real value add opportunities. I think this is so brilliant. I am gonna put this down in my own kind of notes as a secret source moment for Cody that I don't think anyone else can really replicate. Yeah, I mean, I'm hoping no one else replicates it. <laughs> but yes, we. this was you know really, when you look at just how many amazing and inspiring people that we have access to on the daily through these 11,000 employees, there's no better audience to test and learn with than them. And we also focus a lot on upskilling. So we have weekly upskillings that we do with our employees to have them better understand different topics around digital. And when I, when I, this opportunity came to me to build this campus, when I thought of this, I, I was like, you know what, like, this is where it is. Like we should be tapping in. So then you're right. Find what is that golden nugget that we can then put out externally as well. And so we'll see a lot more of this evolving over the course of the next year, but it's really exciting. So, yeah. It is. All right. So what are some trends that you're seeing for the next, I think in this space, 12 to 18 months is a really long runway. What are those trends that you're seeing in general marketing, whether it's Web3 or something else as it pertains to beauty? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a few things. One is definitely AI, as I mentioned, it's on the top of everyone's minds and in everyone's mouths. So, you know, this is going to be something that's not going away and every brand is trying to figure this out today. Um, that's one. I think TikTok is another huge one that when you think about beauty, this is the number one platform where people are discovering brands. 
and especially beauty brands. And that is not going anywhere. So really figuring out how to incorporate brands, storytelling, tap into the creators to make it truly authentic. That for sure is one of the number one things that we're seeing for beauty across the board. And I know every beauty brand is on there now, but the TikTok make me buy it uh, hashtag, that trend has just exponentially grown. And we're starting to see that even filter back into in-store where now you'll see like in Sephora, there will be a shelf dedicated specifically to those products that have that hashtag. Um, So that's going to continue happening. And I think more and more of those creators are are really going to be pushing products. And then within Web3, because I can't help but talk about it, definitely, as I mentioned, gaming. I think that that is something that's growing so quickly. And we're finding, you know, especially for the female audience, it really is a 50-50 split, which is so surprising when you think about it. But we've been talking a lot to Twitch to really understand, like, who is this audience? And it truly is a lot of females in there. So tapping into them and what's amazing, even on a platform like Twitch, they're very focused on their beauty routines because they're on camera so much. So, you know, those different platforms where you were are a little surprising when you, where you wouldn't think are kind of those cool, like under the radar spaces to be playing in. So I think those will get amplified as well over time. When you think about people who want to come into the beauty space, you know, listening to what you're working on, LinkedIn just announced, I think it was two days ago, that 3,066 positions were listed in a single 24-hour period that all mentioned AI. So clearly we know that trend and that train is in, you know, running in full speed. But for those who are looking to get into the beauty industry for the future, what are the things that you are looking for or that you would be recommending as advice for people to be thinking about how to hone their skills or experience to make sure that they can offer and bring to the table? Yeah, I think having a multifaceted background is really important. And Yes, it's amazing to be in one kind of siloed profession your entire career. I've kind of always been in digital, but in different facets of it. I think if you can show that you, you've you maybe been in marketing for a year and then been in product development and then been in digital and then been in Web3, that is so important because especially at a company like Cody, you are working with the different functions every single day. I am speaking to literally, I want to say like every employee every day. And it's across so many different disciplines. You know, R&D is they're a huge partner of mine when you think about innovation. So having that greater understanding of the different functions, why they're important and how to best collaborate together, in my mind, really shows somebody that can come in and, and work well with everyone. So I would say, like, get out there, try many different things. Or at least, you know, be mentored by people that are on different teams because it's so, so valuable when you're coming to a company like mine. Shana, one of the things that I love to do most is connect people. Uh, So on every episode, I bring in another guest, somebody from my community of listeners or someone I may have already met through other events in the Web3 consumer tech retail world. And it's people who have submitted their question to ask our guests on each podcast. Unfortunately, our guest couldn't be here today. Her name is Ali Jean. Ali is fantastic. I've had the pleasure of meeting her at a couple of NFT events in New York through my company, Mavion. Uh, She has 25 years experience in fashion, from manufacturing to startups, sales, merchandising. She's very passionate about influencing women to find and own their own identity. And I know when I 
let her know that she would be the one for this episode. She was super excited, but sad that she couldn't be here in person. I will ask on her behalf. So her question is, love everything Cody is doing in Web3 and what is to come. How can non-Web3 natives become involved? Yeah, so I there's so many resources out there now to learn. I honestly like inst- there's so many great Instagram accounts just to like get more knowledge around the space. But I think anybody can become involved at this point. When I first started in Web3, it was when NFTs were first coming out and the only way to to really learn is to do And so I kind of just jumped in and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go buy my first NFT. I had no idea, you know, kind of what it was all about. Didn't know what Discord really was at the time. I mean, granted, this was like two years ago, so not that long ago, but, and then I became obsessed and it was just like my love. So my suggestion and my advice is just go try something or go learn about it or, you know, go buy an NFT or go into, you know, one of the cool new games like Roblox and play around and just explore and discover. It shouldn't be a scary thing. It should be fun. And so that's the best way. The best way to learn is to do. And I actually would add to that based on our conversation today too. You've mentioned how the way you're approaching Web3 is to provide solutions. And to me, that kind of Mm -hmm. reads as you're making it easier for the consumer, not creating more work for them, but providing things that make it easier. I'm really excited for how you're rolling out and approaching this new capability. Yeah. Thank you so much. More to come. Super exciting. Absolutely. Well, thank you for being here today. Uh, Where can people follow you and stay up to date with everything that you and or Cody are up to? Yeah. So LinkedIn is typically the best place. Please reach out to me. I love meeting new people, giving advice, connecting with my network. So more than happy to link up on LinkedIn and, and chat. That's probably the best place. And you'll see a lot of our great announcements. I will repost there as well. So, and then for Cody in general, also, you know, LinkedIn is always a great resource or Instagram, but happy to kind of guide where needed. So feel free to ask me any questions. Thank you to our listeners. Time is your most valuable asset and I appreciate you sharing your time with us today. If you'd like to join me on a future episode, go online to michellejreeves.com and submit your question for an upcoming podcast guest. One person will be chosen, just like Ali, to join me and you'll be able to ask your question directly to our special guest. You can follow me at Michelle J. Reeves on Instagram and Twitter. Have a great week. Look out for the next episode. Thank you, everyone.